Hello and welcome back to the No Limits podcast with Rick. Hope you're having a great day so far. And we are back after a bit of a short hiatus. First time in a while since starting the podcast that I've had a bit of a break between podcast episodes. No excuses, to be honest. I just wanted to make sure that the content that I provide here is of the highest quality and I don't want to just throw out content for the sake of content's sake. I know this is a time investment for you and I want to make sure that, you know, I'm in a position where I'm feeling in a good place to provide great value and needed a little bit of time just to chill, unwind that time of the year. You know the feel, things get pretty intense. So sometimes you need to just proactively take a little bit more time for yourself. But we're back and hopefully today's podcast, as always, does provide value. And if you do find you get value out of today's podcast, feel free to let me know as always, and I'll appreciate that. And any future podcasts, just fire away, always happy to take feedback on board. So we're now coming up to the 43rd podcast of the No Limits podcast, which is pretty wild to think considering I still remember to this day taking a photo of the microphone when it first arrived and thinking like, fuck, am I actually going to be doing this? And then now, you know, 43 episodes in, excited to hit the 50 goal. And there was something I heard actually recently. I think it was for podcasts. If you do 21 podcasts, you're in the top 1% of all podcasts in the world. So I guess the takeaway from that is, as always, continue showing up and that's the way to get ahead because a lot of the times individuals will be very intense with the way they go about things. They'll maybe jump into something new, classic shiny object syndrome like we discussed previous podcast. And really like playing the long game is, it's not as exciting, but it is that building up, compounding the benefits over time. And then it just becomes second nature. And then you end up going far more ahead than you maybe previously thought. Because to be honest, I thought maybe I'll do 10 good episodes and maybe one or two here and there. Um, But yeah, all's going well. And thanks to you for listening in. Because as always, if I wasn't getting the feedback that value has been provided, uh, I probably maybe would have stopped the podcast. So appreciate you tuning in. And as always, a personal update that you did not ask for. So we are now five days back into the mini or into a deficit um, mini cut approach now. So it's been interesting. I sort of it's funny how you're always in a build phase. You're like eating so much food. You don't feel hungry at all. You're constantly just like far out. I just want less food. And um, the training is, you know, you're getting so strong. It's getting to the point where every session is just completely zapping your nervous system. And you just want a bit of a break, just to chill a bit. And um, that's exactly what I did. I did do a maintenance phase for four weeks before beginning this mini cut. And then as soon as I began, I was like, every time this is the same, and you'll probably be able to relate to this. It's like you start a deficit phase, you're like, far out. I didn't appreciate the build as much as I should have. I should have enjoyed every single bite and reveled in it, which I did. Um, but yeah, so it's um, it's been a good transition in thus far. We've shifted down, I think it was 2.72 kilos over five days. Now, I am very, very well aware to not get too excited about this because the vast majority will be fluid and food volume because it was a pretty heavy pull in the calories, which 
If you go on a mini cut approach, because the duration of time in the deficit isn't as long, it does make sense to just sort of rip in and be a bit more aggressive. Sort of go against the grain of all the typical, um, you know, gradually pull your calories down, slow and steady, you know, consistency, which of course has its validity, but that if you were to do that approach in a mini cut, you just might not see as much progress as you probably want and you might look quite similar um, after it. So I think I pulled down, I was at 3820 calories and now we're down to like 2640. I think it's like 250 protein, 40 fat, 320 carb and it was initial shock to the system getting used to structuring out nutrition again but it's something that i'm sure you probably can relate to as well and if you're new something to prepare for the more you go through these transitions from a build phase to a cut phase it becomes a lot smoother you don't have as much turbulence it's like your body has locked in the data and info into your dna so then when you make the transition it's very seamless so like I was saying, very aware a lot of this is food volume fluid shift. So I'm not jumping up and down super excited. Oh, I've lost 2.7 kilos of body fat. I feel like maybe two more days of this and then I'll likely find things will stall out and then the real fat loss will begin. So we'll run this for the next, we've set up for four weeks with my coach Joe and then we'll get back into a build phase. I know it's a bit wild that I've decided to do this because I was given the option over Christmas and New Year's. But like I mentioned on Instagram, I'm a bit of a Grinch. But just because that's me doesn't mean that's what I suggest to you or or any of my clients. So outside of contest preparation clients and clients that are Grinches like me that don't mind, I usually just suggest either you know us planning ahead, of course, being in a maintenance phase or in a muscle building phase and just enjoying the time with loved ones. And, you know, so long as we don't treat it like a all-you-can-eat food fest for the entirety of, you know, late December into mid-January, there's going to be very minimal damage done. So, you know, my typical recommendations, be mindful, using your nutrition knowledge, and hopefully you've got some of that from this podcast or you're a client of mine from working with me, um, or Anthony, of course, and using that to your advantage to be able to pick the foods that are worth the calories that you want to consume. Because sometimes there's super calorie dense foods that you might not like that much. And then your nutrition knowledge can help you justify what foods are worth going with or not. Um, so that's a bit of an update on my end with my mini card that you didn't ask for. And then probably get asked about the pup as well. But I'm just going to talk about her anyways. And this will probably be the entirety of the podcast. Um, so Tuesday, my pup, I don't think I've mentioned her name's Tuesday. So just found her on a Tuesday and now her name's Tuesday. So her quote unquote mum went back to Czech Republic. So she's been staying with me at the moment. And that's probably another reason why uh, we had a bit of a delay on the podcast. It's been a full time job being a dad, but it has been very fun, you know, it's um, cool to have a little pup just watching you doing check-ins all day and then taking her for walks helps me get the steps in some more, helping with the mini cart. So yeah, other than that, all's gone well. So let's actually get into today's podcast, shall we? Um, so I got this question on my Instagram Q&A uh, story that I put up frequently at the moment, which I've been enjoying. I've her been getting great feedback from them. So as always, when I put them up, it seems for some reason... And if you're a coach or you know whatever industry you're in and you're putting up these question boxes and you're not getting much like uh, questions coming through, you're kind of like, far out, what's going on? Um, if you're not using an anonymous link, 
I would highly recommend that because the vast majority, uh, I don't get it, but I kind of get it. The, the idea behind like not wanting to come across like you're asking a question just in case it might be a silly question, but it's kind of like if you're like say in school or something, whatever uni and someone asks a question that might be quote unquote stupid, majority of the people will be like, fuck. I'm glad they asked that because I was thinking that too. And then it helps the teacher be able to articulate things better if you ask a challenging question like that. So there's no judgment if you want to just send the questions throughout through on Instagram. Um, but of course, if you, like I mentioned, if you're a coach, whatever industry, anonymous links seems to get a lot more clicks than um, normal social media questions. So. Two of the questions that I got were revolved around a topic called refeeds. Now, refeeds are something that previously in past was a very big thing that was like very much like a must do in a fat loss phase. So first off, what is a refeed? So essentially a refeed is just a period of time where you basically eat more food in a fat loss phase. This might have you sitting in maintenance and might even shift you into a slight surplus. Um, and basically the goal behind it is to almost drop off some fatigue, fill up your muscle glycogen, which is store carbohydrates in the muscle tissue. So if you're finding that maybe your performance in the gym is taking a hit, done a post on this today. First off, when you're in a fat loss phase, don't just tell yourself I'm gonna get weaker. Do everything you can to prove that wrong because there's one way you could put the likelihood that muscle loss may occur is if you justify getting weaker. Now, of course, like numbers may drop off, but so long as you've given your best effort, that's the main thing. So I sort of view things as like, I'll do everything in my power to progress. And if numbers drop off, I'm not going to have a heart attack over it. It's like, it is what it is get back to business, focusing on my sleep, nutrition, you know, the one percenters, water intake, not really one percenters, there are a lot more than that, but you know, the synergy to ensure that I'm in the best position to perform. So with the refeeds, basically, if you're noticing your performance is dropping off and not just like in one random session, it's like things are tanking over like a one to two week period, there may be some validity to sort of replenishing, filling up your muscle glycogen um, that may help with enhancing the recovery, dropping off fatigue, helping with training performance to keep that um, in a good place. Now, previously, I was more aggressive with refeeds, the amounts, how frequent, how long, but now I'm not as aggressive with them and I don't use them as much. Now, I'll explain a little bit more as we go through in throughout. Um, so I like to view things as like, when we're in a fat loss phase, we want to just get the job done ideally like ideally we don't want to be spending any longer than we have to now yes refeeds can make things a little bit more enjoyable you get this sort of like a little break a little bit of extra food um, but sometimes it can derail your flow because sometimes you might have this refeed and then you get you maybe do it in a i'll go over this too so like a way you probably don't want to refeed is where you completely change all the food sources that you have throughout the week. So let's say throughout the week you're eating mainly, you know, nutrient dense whole foods, maybe like a little bit of quote unquote, not so whole foods foods. Um, 
And then on the weekend, you have a refeed from your coach or you set one up yourself, whatever. And then you just completely change your food sources. All your meals are eaten out and they're just like every meal's a party. So then when you go back after the refeed, you're going to feel that. You're going to be like, it's almost like you've been shown all the things that you've been missing out on and then it's taken away from you straight away. And then it's just back to ground zero and it's going to make your weekday nutrition even less enjoyable. So it's almost like embrace the repetition because if you're bored with any endeavor you're going through, it's a sign that you're consistent and that's where the progress is. So if you're going to do a refeed, now of course you can change some things around But a good way to go about it would be to keep your food sources exactly the same and then just increasing the amount of predominantly carbohydrates. Now, your fats are super low. Maybe you'll bump them up a little bit. But ideally, the main goal of a refeed is to replenish muscle glycogen, loading the carbohydrates. Um, So it's not like a cheat meal where it's like, let's just fucking eat whatever. That's a completely different thing. Um, And if you want to do that approach, of course, I like it. Do what you you can do what you like. I've done a podcast on it. If you did want to scroll back down and, and go through that, so the question that was asked was, how often do you currently have a refeed meal? And the answer is never. I can't remember the last time my coach Joe has given me a set refeed. Now the question was meal. Understand the idea. Um, there is no real benefit to doing just a refeed meal research indicates that ideally if you want to get the benefits from a refeed you want to be doing it for at least two days in a row Um, so not wednesday saturday for example you want to do saturday sunday for example Um, or you know more i'll often do in a fat loss phase maybe a maintenance week on my deload week so then it washes off fatigue with both my training stimulus and you know all the stress that comes with training like a psychopath and then diet fatigue as well so it's like a win-win freshen up crack on afterwards but yes i do have in my maintenance phases and growth phases a setup where it's a once a week i'll have an off-plan meal which is basically a meal out of food sources which I maybe am excited to have that that's not a part of my plan and it's just to help with you know psychological relaxation if you don't do it in your build phase or your maintenance phase when are you going to do it and i find it's very useful because then when i go into my fabulous phase like now i'm not worried about going out and getting sushi now i love sushi but i'm like eh, i've rinsed the crap out of sushi especially if you come to bali g restaurant got to go there at sunset unreal the best um so i've got it out of my system and it's good practice as well like the intuitive eating approach even though like if your goals are to progress like doing a full intuitive approach is likely just going to correlate towards you know some progress potentially but you're mainly just going to maintain um but yeah anyway so it's a good skill to practice anyway so if there ever comes a time that eventually i decide i just want to maintain i've got the skills there and when i first started these um free meals off play meals whatever you want to call it um it's not a cheat meal it's not a binge it's like just a nice meal it's nothing too crazy but i did unfortunately have a lot of the previous sort of 
I don't, know, I don't want to say traumas, but it's like in past I used to follow that cheat meal approach. I think I've mentioned that on the podcast. And um, yeah, like I had to like unlearn some of that, um, which was interesting. Um, but we've gotten better at it. So the, the refeed off-plan meal is still in my program. But now I won't just proactively take it. Like in a gaining phase, maintenance phase, I'll take it each week, regardless of what's going on. And usually there's always someone that's down to catch up for a feed. Um, but then now that I'm in the mini car, I'll only use it for like events where it can really be justified. So for example, maybe on Christmas day, I don't know, I might go out for dinner. So then I think my targets I can get them up, but it's sort of irrelevant. It's a pretty big drop down. So it's sort of something where I don't even want to do it because it's like, um, you know, I'm going to be starving throughout the day. So it's 180 protein, 20 fats, 200 carbs, 1700 calories. And then I eat the off-plane meal on top. But like I mentioned with the refeeds before, I want to keep things as flowy, get the shit done sort of momentum as much as possible because... I'm sick of dieting. <laughs> I've done it, you know, a lot. And when in my younger, I think I was, this is because of my younger years, I would always just want to stay lean, stay lean, stay lean. So then now it's um, it's not as fun staying lean anymore because you realize how much better you perform, how much more energy you have. I'm like, and more human, but of course understands there is a lot of confidence to be gained with pushing yourself to reaching new levels of condition, which... Probably isn't going to be the goal of this mini cut. It would be more just to tidy up and get back to growing. Um, so that's my answer. How often do you currently have a refeed meal? Technically, never, but technically once a week. Um, but I don't view it as a refeed meal. It's more like a, a psychological relief um, from the monotony of dieting over a build phase and maintenance phase. Um, do you eat out at all weekly or strictly cook own meals? So that was matched in the same question. So this is a an interesting one. So do you eat out at all weekly? So anyone that says that they come to Bali and they find it hard to stay on plan, they are just making the biggest bullshit excuses ever. Now, I know that might sound like a bit of a dick saying that, but it's so true. Like it is so easy to stay on plan here. You have so many places where they literally allow you to customize your meals. Um, basically, you could create your own meal prep meals at a restaurant um, and they most places will have their calories on there. Um, are they all accurate? You know, you learn, but not all of them are super accurate, but they're close enough. And then there's Pump Kitchen. So shout out Jackson Pios. That is probably my most ideal scenario ever because it is basically Japanese fusion. And Jackson must have actually just like had a real big talk to his staff because I see them when they're weighing out my food, they'll take out like little grains of rice and have it exactly to the gram. So if you come to Bali and like, let's say you're in a contest prep or a photo shoot prep, or you just really like the peace of mind of staying on plan, you can make it work with places like Pump Kitchen. And there's even, you know, meal prep companies that have cook everything to the gram for you. Um, so there's been phases where I've eaten out three times a day. The thing is with meals out is oftentimes where 
trained ourselves to when we have a meal out we're going to have something super fucking tasty something way different than what we usually eat and keeping in mind that meals out usually tend to have a lot higher calories um, than what it might seem if we don't potentially overestimate or know that the place is accurate it can make things add up so now that i'm in a fat loss phase very rarely will i eat out let's say previously it might have been once to twice a day now it might be three times a week um and then if you're like in australia you can make it work yeah like you know nando's grilled um, if you go out for breakfast, like so easy, like sourdough, poached eggs, no butter or oil, you know, you can get like fresh sliced tomato or, you know, fresh spinach, easy as. You go out for dinner, there's not many places you can go out for dinner where you can't get a steak and steamed vegetables and super easy. And like, if you don't like steak, then, you know, you can make it work with something else. So meals out often aren't the issue. It's the way people go about the meals out that is the issue usually. Um, and then not knowing how many calories are potentially in the meal. If you're not very well versed with nutrition, you might get like a meal combination that's got like 30 different ingredients. Things can really add up. So at the moment with my meals, what I do, I have a lady that I send through my meals that I would like made. Now, is it cheap? No, um, but for me, time is very important to me. I want to make sure that I'm not wasting time throughout the day with things that I could potentially delegate elsewhere so I can be have the most energy for my clients throughout the day and be able to focus on the more important tasks. So I basically send through my meals that I want made. I'll have three meals from her. Usually it's literally just chicken breasts, cooked rice, asparagus, and then I add my own kimchi ginger and pineapple and there's a tenderloin meal which i'll add my own papaya kimchi and pineapple again and um, ginger again it's always the japanese vibes so that's the way i do things and i'll have a cream of rice meal one part of the day and then a blended frozen fruit protein shake another part of the day um, so that's how i go about my meals at the moment um, how do you know when to add or have a refeed meal in a fat loss phase? If you think you need a refeed meal, you probably do not. It is something that often can be exciting and a good idea in your mind, but also keeping in mind that our minds will try to trick us in a fat loss phase to always eat more calories. So you could make the decision to have refeeds really frequently but it's actually your body tricking you to basically eat more calories and slow down the fat loss that you're achieving. Because it is likely, now it's not always gonna be the case, it is likely a refeed meal or meals or days, should be days, uh, is going to correlate towards slowing the rate of loss with your fat loss. Now, if you want to lose body fat, ideally you don't wanna prolong that suffering any longer than you have to. Of course, if we go super aggressive and consistency takes a hit, definitely pull back, have a less aggressive approach. But I think when it comes to refeeds, hang on for as long as you can without having them because oftentimes we don't need them. And the research, although you know research 
can be a good guide. It's not the only guide. It's not like we just must do everything because research said. Um, but they're not as useful as we might think when it comes to reducing fatigue, reducing you know adaptations from the diet. Where, for example, as you're losing body fat, your hunger signaling, so your ghrelin, which is your hunger hormone that pushes you to want to eat, where you all of a sudden you walk down an aisle or the street or whatever and you smell food and all of a sudden it's like, I didn't smell that before. How come this smells so fucking amazing? That's basically your hunger signaling changing and now the drive to eat more is there. And then leptin, your satiety hormone basically decreases. So then when you go to have a meal, you eat it and you're like, fuck, that didn't even touch the sides. So the previous belief was that refeed meals could like dramatically, refeed days, sorry, can dramatically reduce this. But um, yeah, that's been proven wrong from previous mention before, Jackson Pios. And not proven wrong, but, you know, it's sort of just reduced a lot of the validity of refeed days. Um, But how do you know when to add or have a refeed meal in a fat loss phase? So like mentioned before, if we're going to do refeeds, ideally back-to-back days, either two to three days in succession or just an entire week would be my approach. The signals that I would say would be to have a refeed is you are under such extreme fatigue that it is making it extremely challenging to be able to even hit your steps goal or your cardio you're under such high fatigue that your training performance is dropping off across the board for a week at a time your sleep has got to the point where you're going to sleep wired and you can't get to sleep or stay asleep your desire to train and just function throughout the day is extremely low Your hunger is so high that you can't even think throughout the day and it's affecting the quality of your life. Those would be the main ones. Now, this, of course, are all things that are going to occur throughout a fat loss phase. But when it gets to the extreme, there may be some validity to having two to three days with a refeed where it could potentially be anywhere from 300 to 500 calories increased and potentially recommended to have just via carbohydrates, keep all the rest of your food sources the same, increase your carbohydrate sources, you're good to go. Um, but these are all things that you know are inevitable throughout a fat loss phase as well, but those will be the things I'll consider. So you're under such high fatigue that your just quality of life and your consistency potentially is taking a hit. Not that, you know, it's like any time we're inconsistent, get a refeed. It's almost like rewarding yourself in a way. Um, but don't view refeed. It's hard to say that, but try not to re- view refeeds as like this super exciting, rewarding thing. Um, because then that's just going to, if we get too high, this is like an analogy for life, I guess. If we get too high with the highs, it can sometimes correlate towards the lows getting even lower than they previously were. So, just view it as, you know, a bit of time to replenish, recharge, chill out. Usually my clients, if they have a refeed, I'll pull down their steps goals um, on those days too. So we can really replenish, recover, um, and then hit it hard from there. Um, let's see what else we've got. Refeed approaches, just a meal. I'll really focus on carbohydrates. Awesome. So that covers pretty much everything with the refeed podcast and 
hopefully you got some good takeaways there. So like I mentioned, they're strategies that are useful. I would mainly put them in more so for psychological relief. Like if I can see a client's like really starting to get real low on their, their mood, they're really starting to hate it. Um, and we're not in a position where, for example, we're two weeks out from a contest break and we got we still got a bit to go. As much as a refit could help, probably not a good idea. So it's good to almost go past when a refit is needed anyways, just to test yourself, which is sort of something that, you know, sometimes like doing the extreme fasting, which I've seems to be a bit of a common thing at the moment, which I'm not fully opposed against, um, you know, 48, 72 hour fast. Um, I think that's like the cool strategy that you might get from that is that because you expose yourself to such intense fasting that when you like go back to normal, when you just eat your meals as normal, you'll be like not as phased by some of the hunger you experience. So that's what I sort of view it too. It's like the more frequent you put in refeeds, probably the more frequent you might need refeeds because you've almost trained yourself to work towards them. Um, so yeah, hopefully that helps. Hopefully that helps. So they're not as valuable as they might seem. They are, however, an enjoyable part of the fat loss process. Like definitely in past when I've had coaches give me refeeds, it's brought me a lot of pleasure and you know, enjoying the pumps when you're lean is next level. Um, and then I definitely do bring it in for clients here and there when needed to. So appreciate you listening to, the, to today's podcast. If there is any questions based on today's topic, as always, please just let me know. Hope you've been having an awesome weekend. If there's any podcast topics you'd like me to cover in the future, please just let me know and hope you're having a great day.